Yeah. Brent, Brent, Brent. That's that's better. Much better. Oh, oh, Much Brent. better. I actually have the, the waveform for that. In the uh the claps. You gotta get audible. Give me the claps, strong sad. The claps. What's the BPM? That's gonna help, Brent. I couldn't even hear that. Um, just six, 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 six. Sorry, I was just doing a strong bad reference for all my olds out there listening to this podcast. Mm, it's just strong. a collapse. All the oldsmen out cheat. there, and we do, we do know now that we have oldsmen listening. There's a, there's yeah. at least one oldsman out there. Yep. So hey, we know of at least two actually. Yep. If you yep. count yep. my dad. Ah, <laughs> we got two. Yeah, if you count oh, my dad. Oh, your dad, sure. But, uh, yeah, Mr. And John. Yeah, but he's in a different strata of Oldsman. I don't think he would understand my reference. You know, I need no, something yeah. older in the middle range of Oldsman. Yeah, you know? yeah, middle Oldsman. <laughs> yeah, 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 not an Oldsman. Old Spice? <laughs> Olds, maybe. Maybe. Bro. Bro. Dude, <laughs> I, when, uh. what was up with that? When you were, like, uh, well, at least me in, I don't know, Brent was, old, you know, a little bit older than us, but me and Bobby, like, when I saw the Old Spice commercials, I was like, that's the dopest thing I've ever seen in my life. Because it was like really clever editing, and I don't think we had like really seen it before. What's a, like? How many times did you hear people say like "I'm on a horse" or something? Yeah, I think I don't know why, but I think mm-hmm. like the whole random comedy was like starting to become a thing. Yeah, in the mid two thousands. Yeah, like you know, iCarly and like Nickelodeon was starting to get on hop on the trend of like random dancing. Like, uh, you guys, I'm just so. <laughs> Random. <laughs> so, yeah, or, yeah, or it would just be like, you know what I like? Peaches. And it's like, yeah, yeah, no, what? It's just like random, hu- <laughs> yeah. like random humor is my personality. Yeah, it's, it'll, yeah, lol, epic random. Um, that was the worst. That was the epic worst. Epic meal time. Epic meal. No, epic meal. Epic bacon, dude. Yeah, bacon. 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 More and more yeah. bacon. I, I feel like I feel like random humor and bacon humor like is like. <laughs> The Venn diagram's a circle. Dude, yeah, like, narwhal, bacon's like, midnight. The oh, same. Dude, our, our school mascot was almost <laughs> a narwhal because that meme went that far. Really? Yeah, dude. we were voting for a new school mascot at my high school. Um, was that... Wait, wait, wait. There was one... There was... One, was that from... That was from Hannah Montana, right? Uh, I think it was... I don't even know. I think it was just the a narwhal of things. bacon's at midnight. I, I, yeah, I don't even know where I heard that. I, I thought it was on one of those things, but... um. Who knows? Uh, but you know what I do know is that we're not talking about lols and ru- and and we're not talking raffles. about epic lols to randoms. Bobby, let me land my raffle copter. Lols and balls. <laughs> the raffle copter. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, why was that a thing? I don't know. I forget. Mm. <laughs> uh, dude, whenever I think about that period, like Rage Comics uh, and mm. like that whole stuff. Uh, what's his name oh he has a very specific name that 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 face that meme face i can't remember what it is but uh anyway yeah what oh, like are the we troll uh, guy or whatever yeah troll epic troll dude yeah um but uh anyway what are we talking about today robert well this is something very close to to, to my heart because uh believe it or not today's topic actually is a subject of which uh i grew up near so, I don't believe it. No, you going, you must believe it. I'm going with the knot. You better believe it, son. <laughs> so we're going to be talking today about the Tewksbury State Hospital. And uh, I'm just realizing now that I never shared my screen with you guys. So here. Oh, yeah, you never did. We. Okay, why isn't it working? 
I can't see a dang Here thing. Here we go. Oh, there we go. Go. So. Nice, dude. Yeah, so. Today Wait, we're going to be... introduced ourselves, right? Oh, yeah. We, we should probably introduce ahead. ourselves. You're way ahead of the game. You're jumping years ahead of the game. So, so I am your in the bury be Bobby, because that's what we call Tuxbury is the bury. Oh, so I'm your, okay, I'm your, okay. I'm your Burry B. I am your uh, straight jacket J Jack. Nice, that's good. That's good. I, one. I am Topical. your, I'm your uh, Bruce Freeman Rail Trail B oh Brent because I just looked up landmarks around <laughs> Tewksbury. <laughs> the Bruce hey, Freeman that's Trail. How, that's how I got to work. Today. I was gonna say I'm sure Bobby's ridden on the Bruce Freeman Trail a few times. I was on it an hour ago. The Rail Trail, baby. Um, it was wow. empty today because there's uh, there was no one there. So, anyway, yeah. So, well, that that would describe emptiness. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> that is <Yeah>. the definition. <laughs> so, yeah. So um, can't argue with it. <laughs> it. It was. It's a very interesting story. Um, it it to me is something that I believe should be more recognized as a creepy state hospital because we talk a lot about Massachusetts creepy state hospitals and Tewksbury State Hospital is kind of overlooked because it's overshadowed by like the Danvers Hospital which you know inspired Arkham Asylum um, and some of the other ones like the Bridgewater State Hospital stuff like that mm. and we're at, we'll actually learn that um, some of these state hospitals are are in a way connected once we dive into the history of this. But yeah, today I'm going to I'm going to take you through the story of the Tewksbury State Hospital. And for anyone listening at home, uh, if you've never seen it before, you've probably seen it in movies because it's actually been used multiple times as like a set for different movies such as uh there's that Hubie Halloween movie um with Adam Sandler. Oh, that's a opening, big one. Of course, the, the opening scene. The, yeah. criter- the Criterion classic, Hubie Halloween. Of course, of course. You know, and then up there in the, think... in the pantheon of great Halloween movies, you got your Halloween, you got your Shining, you got your Hubie Halloween. <laughs> Adam Sandler's father um, was a, like, ye- like, way, way, way before my time, was a custodian at the elementary school that I went to. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, shit. he's from around here. That is really interesting. So th- this is going to be an interesting episode because we're going to be talking a lot about things that are around where we are. Um, and it's kind of, it, it's weird, like a spooky kind of feeling when you're looking at like creepy places like this that are like supposedly haunted and, and have weird dark past when you know that they're literally like right down the street from you. I don't know why that just like makes it a little, adds a little bit extra creepiness to it. Um, mm. an- another show that was filmed there was Castle Rock based on the Stephen King story. Um, so that, mm. yeah, there's a lot of mm. uh, reasons why that uh, certain, you know, TV shows and movies have decided that this was a good place to film because it's really creepy looking. And so if you guys want to follow along, if you're not driving or if you're, you know, just chilling at home, listening along, you can check out all these pictures that we're going to talk about on our website, brainboggledpodcast.com. So let's get into this, shall we? We So the the Tewksbury State Hospital, let's begin. This 267-year-old hospital 
is located in my hometown of all places, Tewksbury, mm. Massachusetts. <clears throat> Brent? I'm leaving you an opening. You missed it. You missed it. You missed it. We're moving on. I know, but like, it's no, it's, it's you can't just like be like, do the thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do it's the not. Thing. It's got to happen do naturally. He's not a monkey grinder, Bobby. <laughs> I, you see, I literally put uh, in my document, like, guys, leave space for Brent to do the thing. Guys. <laughs> You're so. I, listen, guys, you know what? Honestly, Life in this podcast is a drag sometimes, you know? <laughs> oh, come on. You can't say that. No, <laughs> oh, you can't. You can't well, let, you when can't Bobby tries to get me to say life in Tewksbury is a drag sometimes, you know. Life in Tewksbury. Yeah, stuff. A little bit of an inside joke. Yeah, listen, maybe I'll, like I said, if I get the permission hey, from Mark, to, uh, I'll edit in the actual song right there in that space. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then, yeah, you'll shout get out to, to Mark. You'll all get to know. Yeah. You'll learn about my life. So, so to get back, <laughs> so this picture, in, Bobby, in for one second, I gotta the legislature, I gotta know what's going on with this dude behind, like this, like weird shaped head guy behind, like the detective-looking <laughs> dude. What is going on with him back there? I also like the detective. <laughs> yeah, he really doesn't. <laughs> I also like I the detective guy. He's just kind of like, hey, see that? It's a dead body right there. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like so glib about it. Yeah, he is. He's very much like. You see that? Look at that dead body. Yep. That is definitely that's a dead that's a dead uh, child right there. That's fucked up. Oh man, <laughs> look at this dead body. Isn't it great? No, it's not. So we're gonna get to that, but we're gonna we're gonna start right now with uh, the the full history, which started in 1852, where the legislature of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts authorized Governor George Botwell to appoint three commissioners to select three different sites to build almshouses, which would each have a max capacity of 500 people. Now, an almshouse, if you've never heard of it, is a charitable housing provided to people in a particular community. They're often targeted at the poor of a locality. Almshouses were originally formed as extensions of the church system and were later adapted by local officials and authorities. So, the commissioners believed that the cost to build these institutions would be recouped within two years from immigration tax income, and that the almshouses would become self-sufficient. The three selected sites were Bridgewater, Monsoon, and Tewksbury. It might be Monson. I think it's Monson, but like my spell check corrected it to Monsoon. <laughs> Dope. Yeah, I haven't heard of monsoon anywhere around. I'm here. pretty sure it's monsoon. Um, sorry, other uh, Massachusetts, if I butchered that. So Dude, people in Massachusetts are used to the town names being butchered. That's true, but usually not from fellow Massachusetts. Massachusetts, okay, which but that, but also they, they also love to tell you when they pronounce you pronounce it wrong. All right, so you know. Just that's look forward true. to that. So I'll give them that. Just tell me. So yeah, yeah tell me know, that it's wrong, you know, please. Me, it's Worcester. Yeah, come find me in Worcester, right? We'll we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about this. We'll talk about this down in uh, in uh, I don't know what's another one <laughs> that people say wrong all the time. Yeah, meet me down in in Haverhill. Haverhill. Um, um, people Ka people say Haverhill. Do people say Carlisle wrong? No, I don't think so. I think I just made that up. Dunstable. I don't even know. I don't even know. Uh, like, I feel like weird there's another names. big one that people get. Uh, I mean, like Leo Minster <laughs> instead of Leminster. Yes, what? that's a good one. 
Gloucester. Do Braintree? So hard to say. Reading. Let's go to Um, reading. I'm trying to think of another one. Oh, yeah. Reading. There's an orange somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a... um, Isn't there like a Belcher's town or something? There's a Berlin. There's a... uh, Squin? Squam Squam? I think there's a sandwich as well. There is sandwich, but I don't think think anyone's saying that one wrong. You know... Yeah, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of I don't know. You could name any Native American tribe, and I'm sure there's something named after it. Some people call sandwich hoagie, and I'm like, that's not the name of the town, guys. Come on, that's wicked funny, dude. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta admit, you gotta admit. This is why fucking. This is why we need a soundboard so I can have my drum comedy punchline. So you just be oh, I don't want to hear about no. No comedy <laughs> drum lines, Bob. I want to hear about this man, this picture of this mm, man lowering mm, a coffin mm. into the ground. Yes, yes. The picture of the man lowering the coffin. We're getting there. Don't worry. Don't worry. We're on our way. So uh, the, the 142 acres of land in Tuxbury were purchased for about $24 per acre for a total of $3,423. That's a... S- Deal. Mm. Yeah. Now they picked Tuxbury because they were looking for places that had farmable land, and Tuxbury just so happened to be in between, uh, I think, the Merrimack and the Concord River. So they were like, "Oh, it's perfect for farmland," which turned out to be very not true. Um, the The spot that they picked actually had a lot of like sand and rocks, and they had to turn it into a farmland, um, oh, which nice. it still is today. So. But I can definitely relate because my yard is not great for gardening. Um, and I just think Tuxbury has some real bad farming land. I just... New know, England in general great. has a majority of very um, very rocky soil. Yeah, it's very, very rocky. Um, so they picked this spot and they had to kind of like over time turn it into a farmland. But their, their whole thought is, okay, we're going to put this almshouse up. And we'll have it be a farmland and basically uh, people who are homeless and in poverty can come here and work on the farm, you know, to provide for themselves. So on May 1st, 1852, the Tuxbury Alms House was officially opened. The house was built entirely of wood. They chose wood over brick to save $26,000 in construction costs. Dude, I'd do that. I'd save 26K. The wooden structures were considered badly designed, poorly constructed fire traps. Hey, dude, I'd do that. I would too. save twenty, 20 save twenty six k. Listen, man, in this market, you got cut corners where you can, baby. If you got to make it into a a, a a death trap, then just make it into a death trap. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but it's gonna be. Listen, I may be building death traps, but hey, they're cheap death traps, dude. I'll save you. A, <laughs> yeah. I'll save you a buck on these death traps. There's a there's a weird like side note that like they wanted to like spend the slight a little bit of extra money to get like steel or or like metal um like gutters and like actual roof you know shingles mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. if they used wood anymore it would be even more of a fire trap so like you you have to at least do this and so they put in a little extra money for that. Now, before I move on, I just I do, I do want to give credit to uh, Ashlyn Werner and John 
Maynard. Um, they are the authors of the new book, Tuxbury State Hospital, Images of America. You can go check that out on Amazon or wherever you get your books. It's uh, It was actually just talked about the other day because uh, it was just released. And I was already planning on doing this episode. And so it's funny because I was having trouble finding like all the history. And these people that wrote this book are actually like archivists and historians that have access to the archives. And so all this information was just freshly released to the public. And I think that's super cool. Um, oh, nice. So yeah, really weird uh, timing. Timely, yeah, I like it. I just think it's it's kind of, it's very cool. So shout out to them because this is all pretty much word for word from their book. I just wanted to get that out before I continue. But anyway, so within three weeks, remember the... Uh, the population, the, the the total capacity was going to be 500 people. Within three weeks, Tuxbury had a population of over 800, well over its intended capacity. By the end of 1854, a total of 2,193 people had been admitted. Due to its rapid growth from 1860 to 1880, the almshouse began expanding by adding an infectious disease hospital, a hospital for the mentally insane, a reservoir and a barn and now also disclaimer uh these are historical titles for the hospital so like i i I don't like the word insane personally um but these are what these places were called at the time yes Um, we prefer the the more socially acceptable loony bin these days so please just understand (laughs) that these are this is historical context We understand that we prefer Looney Bin these days. Like, don't don't add us. It's fine. Yeah, just, we prefer this is history. Loony. Oh my god. So, <laughs> so yeah. So they had these. Uh, they started to expand into these other sectors. So during this time, the expansion was largely due to the work of Superintendent Thomas J. Marsh, who we will come back to. Mm. By the mid 1860s, formal record keeping had begun at Tuxbury. A series of intake records known as inmate biographies. Based on these documents, historian and and sociologist David Wagner estimates that one-third of the original population were children, and the remaining adult population, 64%, were male. The overwhelming majority of inmates were immigrants, mostly from Ireland. So... This is a, a really interesting little side story within this um, history that I found really, really, uh, I don't know. It kind of re- weirdly reminded me of like today's political climate a little bit. Um, so Benjamin Franklin Butler was a major general. There. Yeah, right. Benjamin Franklin Butler. butler. Oh, <laughs> it was Ugh. Benjamin Franklin's butler. <laughs> no. Gross. Ben Franklin Butler was a a major general of the Union Army, uh, a politician, a lawyer, and a businessman from Massachusetts. Um, If it matters, he was a Democrat. Born in New Hampshire and raised in Lowell, Massachusetts, Butler is best known as a political major general of of the Union Army during the American Civil War. In Butler's inaugural address... He issued a scathing charge against the Tuxbury Almshouse for gross misconduct and unsanitary conditions. So, after this, a full investigation was launched, taking control of the Almshouse in 1883. 
Among the allegations was the claim that hundreds of dead infants and adults were sold to medical institutes in Boston. Hence the image that you're looking at here, boys, um, of the the employees at the almshouse, you know, taking these these mentally ill patients who passed away from either mental illness or other illness and essentially selling them their bodies on the black market. This was at least the claim. Um, so the investigation found that there were in fact hundreds of bodies sold for medical research. However, it was fully legal at the time and it was all like on you know the books. Butler was persistent in his accusation and his accusations though, saying that the bodies were also sent away to be tanned and used in leather manufacturing. Yeah, so he also claimed that the bodies were buried in the almshouse cemetery and then later dug up and sold for profit, which is the image on the right here. Oh, uh, yeah, grave robbing back in the day was... Um, when I, I, I don't know how many people think this, but when I was younger, I used to think like, oh, yeah, you grave rob to this, you know get some jewelry mm. you know, that someone was buried with. Uh, but a lot of times you would grave rob to get the body itself and like sell mm. it, sell it off for, you know, medical examiners or whatever. Cause you know, dead body was a hard thing to come by. Yeah, I know. And it's funny that you mentioned a guy named Ben Franklin because, uh, maybe we'll do an episode about it at some point, but there's like a lot of weird rumors about Ben Franklin possibly being involved in like the smuggling oh, of the dead serial bodies. killer thing well yeah like is ben franklin oh, a serial yeah, killer yeah. or was he like I've heard, i think i've heard little or like is that. he like was secret part of like some underground network of people tr like stealing dead bodies for you know medical experimentation and you know mm. study and that sort of thing it's it's really interesting stuff but um yeah that's Oh, Neither we got to put there. that on the list. We got to put that on the list. So, yes, as, as the picture shows here, um, you know, the theory was that people were, they were burying the bodies and then later digging them up to sell them. Um, now, as I said, the investigation showed that there were, there was no proof of that. But I do want to pose, you know, we don't know this, so there's no actual, like, factual evidence for this, but... Who knows? Maybe they were doing that and they stopped um, when when they were under investigation. Mm. But there's literally no evidence for that. And there's no evidence for this uh, guy's claims against the Tewksbury uh, almshouse. So, yes. so in the in the years. Uh, sorry. Um, so that's actually not all. So Butler also professed that funerals were held with coffins filled with wood to fool their loved ones into thinking there were bodies in the coffins while they were really being stored for selling. After the investigation was finished, they found the claims against the Tewksbury Almshouse Administration to be, quote, groundless and cruel. So strong words. Um, so it, it does give make give the impression that there was literally zero evidence yeah. in the years following. Uh, I mean, just because there's no evidence. <laughs> me. Hey, we can still be skeptical, you know. That's basically the argument for every like conspiracy theory that exists now. It's like, well, just mm -hmm. because there isn't evidence to prove <laughs> it doesn't mean it's not real. Yeah. 
actually the lack of yeah. evidence just actually shows no, more that it it's real. Exist. The, the the lack of evidence actually is more proof that how <laughs> real it is. Something. Exactly, exactly. They don't want you to find the evidence. Well, I was I was actually talking to some of my family members about this topic um, today, and and you know there there was a conversation that came up of you know realistically if there was some shady stuff going on there back then when records were all physical paper records you could burn evidence so we really don't know because it was so far in the past yo did um, burn yo did burn that shit <laughs> but yo just burn it you know we're gonna go with what we got so i don't right, believe it we'll give them the, the benefit of the doubt we'll give them the benefit of the doubt Ugh, that's boring so in the years following the hospital buildings continued to expand as more and more patients required a medical attention. Now, remember, this was not a mental facility. This was just an almshouse for the uh, paupers of, of Massachusetts. Now, as you know, th- this was kind of a problem many times throughout history where it's like some some people who can't you know mentally support themselves end up on the streets and were kind of sent here. And then they became an issue for you know the the staff because it's like we can't take care of these people who can't take care of themselves so they added um a hospital for people with who required medical attention from the beginning of its time tooksbury almshouse regularly accepted paupers with mental conditions enough to justify creating a formal quote insane department and a large building called the long asylum so here's a picture of the campus as it grew um this was actually more towards the 1900s um so the long asylum was a a very large building for the harmless insane patients to live Uh, the commonwealth of massachusetts thought it would be more cost effective to keep the patients here in the almshouse than to admit them into an actual formal asylum so it was mutually beneficial for the campus because the patients proved to be useful laborers for farming, laundry, bookbinding, and weaving. And it also took the cost off of the state itself. So a little bit of a, uh, you know, number fudging here, a mm. little bit of a little, little sketchy by oh, Massachusetts. Yeah, let's to let's do exploit this. some free labor from the mentally unwell. That's, that's cool. No, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with this, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not free labor, Brent. They're getting housing and food. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now, one of the so... things that, that I should point out is they actually, you know, it, it's hard to tell because it was so long ago if this was like a purposeful thing or not, but they, they claimed that, um, they were experimenting with, work being a treatment for patients because they otherwise were very you know stir crazy had nothing to do because they couldn't really leave um so it was kind of also known as a a way to uh almost like work therapy for patients to have their hands be doing something Mm. Um, yeah i i i i it would be a hundred it would definitely be a false statement to say that everyone who was working there you know was working against their will. I'm sure there were plenty who who enjoyed that they were getting work and stuff. It's something that yeah. I hear um, a, a criticism of the way that um, uh, uh, mentally disabled people today mm-hmm. get treated a lot too as they go through, you know, the quote unquote system that they have to go through in order to get into life is like, 
a lot of times it's like uh, 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 I hear a lot of um, well, I don't hear a lot of parents. I, I, parents will say like like okay, this is all great and everything, but like mm-hmm. my child needs to go out and and work <laughs> and yeah and be able to provide for themselves. Yeah, it, yeah, it, absolutely. Um, and, it's kind of a weird thing. Uh, I have some experience with this because my brother is on the spectrum. Um, you would you would say he had Asperger's back when that was still like mm-hmm. an official diagnosis. Um, but now you would say he's on the spectrum. And mm-hmm. in in high school, he was like very talented with like woodworking and stuff. And but he went to like a technical vocational school, and they had like no real sort of special needs program there. So they were like, oh, he has Asperger's. Well, take him out of that program because we can't trust him to be working with power tools and stuff because he's quote unquote mentally disabled or whatever. And it sucks because like he was really good at it. We have shit in my mom's house that he built that we still use like to this day or she still, I don't live there anymore, but they still use to this day. And it's like, he could have had a career doing that, but they're like, oh, we can't have him doing that. And so now he does nothing for work so he just yeah. lives at home with my mom you know and it's messed up yeah, you know because a lot of you know these a lot of people it, who are yeah, you know, is messed up disabled as you would say you know actually have a lot of different talents and could be valuable members of our workforce but are kind mm-hmm. of like pushed off mm-hmm. into the corner because they're like oh but they're you know neurodivergent we don't know how to handle that so don't put them in any sort of situation where they could actually yeah. be providing for themselves or to society in any real way because like we we don't yeah. know how to handle that you know and i feel like that's like an all too common thing you see mm-hmm. yeah it it's this weird um sort of world of two extremes mm-hmm. that uh that it creates where it's like um on one end you have you have the like the you know the quote unquote can't work or you know the people who legitimately can't work mm-hmm. um and then you have the uh uh like the other side of it of of the people who who want to take advantage of you know this this you know vulnerable person mm. um for their like and exploit them for their labor right so, but yeah no and and it's interesting to kind of go <clears throat> track backtrack a little bit to what you said earlier jack where it's like the system people kind of get wrapped into this system of of going through the motions of um you know being clinically like like having mental issues um and and so i don't know if you guys either of you guys saw this video it's been kind of blowing up over the over the last few days of the um the parkland shooter uh nicholas cruz um, oh, his interrogation video. Yeah, the interrogation video breakdown. No, it got, I haven't it, seen that released on it. So, so it's on YouTube. It's like an hour long video of this guy who's like he does like breakdowns of like interrogations, and he, the video is titled like the what YouTube, it looks like to like fake being insane. Yeah, the YouTube channel is called JCS, um, like criminology and sociology, I think, mm. or or yeah. criminology and psychology, maybe. But um yeah he like he'll like talk about um you know the uh the body language and and other behaviors mm-hmm. of these people who are going through these uh these police interrogations and usually I've I've watched all of his videos cuz I, wa- I I did watch that video and then I like mm-hmm. binged the rest of his videos Yeah um, it was really interesting It's usually people who I 
almost all, if not all, except for like one or two videos, the people um, are guilty and mm -hmm. were later found guilty or or some other complication. Um, but definitely not, definitely not, not guilty. Mm. Yeah. Um, and like, and it's usually like the police. It's usually when the police already know that these people are lying to them. Mm. Um, and to like, so it's it's usually about like, yeah, that kind of manipulation and stuff. But yeah, yeah so they, there was one about the Parkland shooter. Yeah, and the reason I bring it up is because in the beginning of the video, the 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 guy make, who made the video basically describes, um, sorry, that you know a common misconception is that by pleading uh, pleading like insanity, you are um, going to get either released early or you're going to get better off. You're going to get yeah, treated or better. Like the the time that you serve won't be in prison. It'll be in some cushy asylum. Yes. And, and what he describes is that like, oftentimes it's actually, if you aren't an insane, like person in, in this sense, you are going to have a much harder time going through that process, that system, because it's, it's actually a very dark system and mm. it's really hard to get out of the system. Yeah. Um, and I once you're in talk. it, Yeah. Oh, oh, I was just gonna say I saw a TED talk of this dude who would go in and, and um, would interview people in a, in a, a, uh, insane asylums, and he would like, um, sp he was specifically talking to people who pretended to be insane mm -hmm. and now can't get out. Um, yeah. and they basically say like, oh, if I say that I'm not insane, they say that that's what a psychopath would say or a sociopath would say. Mm. Um, like looking like you're insane is being insane and and acting like you're sane is something an insane person would do. yes and so uh, you know we can't yeah. trust that you'd be let go and blah, blah 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 and you get sucked into this this loop of now you can't get out and and mm -hmm. it's really sad um it's a very very common misconception that like if you if you try to claim that you are in, insane that you know you you will benefit from that um because you might end up actually being in like locked up longer because now, in a lot of ways these asylums can be a prison now f for people who don't let this talk anyone who is worried about their mental state at all worried about their mental health um go and seek help uh because this kind of stuff that we're talking mm -hmm. about is the is the, is like criminal asylums is yes. like is like punishment asylums mm -hmm. not like if you haven't done anything wrong um, then, then there you're going to be treated. Yeah, there's definitely di a difference between like yeah. a mental health yeah. facility and you know uh, a quote unquote asylum. You know where it's like you are sent here yeah, as a punishment. Kind of. You know, yeah, like this is your punishment. You are yeah. sent to yeah. this place as opposed to you're seeking help for yourself. You know. Yeah, yeah, and and I think another point to make is like these these some of these asylums that are that people are sent to are designed for people who actually need the medical help and the medical attention. So if you're getting medical attention you don't need, it can be worse for you. Yeah. Whereas someone who does need it might actually benefit from it. So it's just like, you know, it's like you're taking the wrong medicine for, for something that yeah. you... Yeah, basically... It's like you're putting a band-aid on your head when you broke your foot, you know? Uh, don't lie to yourself, don't lie to others. You yeah, abs I absolutely think. And, and, and the reason <laughs> that we're kind of talking about this, I think is because we'll learn later on that um, this the Tewksbury State Hospital is a rare case where it still is a mental hospital today. 
um, and it still houses people. And and we'll get to it a little bit later. But there was a, a video I found on YouTube of uh, a bunch of people in in Tuxbury protesting, saying that a lot of people get sucked into the into the Tuxbury um, State Hospital and are like kind of sucked into the system and and have a really hard time mm-hmm. getting out. So during COVID. There were. I remember this being a big story in our, in our town that there were a lot of COVID cases at the hospital due to like overcapacity, and some of these people really should have just been sent home. Um, and and because they were overflowed, like there was just people were getting COVID and dying, and because they were stuck in inside this, you know, inside yeah. these walls. Um, I don't know much about that, but I do know that 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 video is on YouTube and and. It was a whole parade of people going by saying, like, mm-hmm. free our people. Um, so it was really interesting. But let's backtrack to the history again and see yeah. how did we get from this almshouse to this mental hospital. So so as I was saying, um, basically, they kept building more and more buildings. Um, yeah, they added the Long Asylum. Mm-hmm. They added the Long Asylum, everything. which I think is such a cool name. It sounds like a Batman novel. Yeah. Um, the long, so, the long asylum, yeah. It's like, you know, the long Halloween. Yeah, um, the sequel to the long Halloween. Yes. I'm excited for that for that uh, animated film. It's coming out, I think, in a couple days. Yeah, the style looks... I'm not inter- a fan of the style, but I really like the story of the book. I need um, to see the movie in 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 motion, in, yeah. to, in context to see it. Um, yeah, I, I I'm watched... I'm not impressed with the style right now. Not to go off on a tangent, but I watched Batman Ninja, and uh, uh, most absurd movie in the I was, world. I was, I was, I was like, "What is this? Am I on shrooms right now?" Like, it literally is so absurd. You think it's just going to be, "Oh, Batman just goes back in time and 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 is in ancient Japan, whatever, and does Batman things <laughs> in ancient Japan?" No, 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 it's crazy. There are mechs. There are castles turning into mechs. There are monkeys that turn into a bigger monkey. There are that- time jumps. <laughs> There are multiple time jumps. There's there. monkeys that mix with bats and become a giant Batman. And become a giant bat god Batman. <laughs> Dude, it is know. so insane. I was like, I was watching it. I'm like, what am I on right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my God. It's, we could do a whole episode it, about that. Yeah. There's mind control. It's absurd. Yes. Um, and the animation like a, is very strange. <laughs> yeah. The animation and, and then it, and then it gets... If there's like an interlude in the middle bit, which has like a different animation style. Yeah, what was that all about? <laughs> so, where I'm like, I was, I was so confused as to what was happening at first. It's very, it's a very, very strange movie. Oh, but but um, they did bring yeah. um, Roger Craig Smith back as Batman. I thought that was cool. Um, hmm. So let's get back to this because you people listening are like, why are we talking about Batman? Although maybe you are interested because you know these asylums are really, you know have a lot of inspiration with Batman has a lot of inspiration from it. Arkham Asylum we mentioned before. Mm-hmm. All right, tell yes, us about this we'll history, get to Robert. So on May 23rd in the year 1900 on the dot, the name was changed from Tuxbury Almshouse to Tuxbury State Hospital. So over 100 years ago, this was to better reflect the main purpose of the property which had grown so big. The campus had just slowly slowly expanded and they just kept adding more and more buildings um they they realized like oh we have a lot of people who have like tuberculosis we should create uh, a new building over here for 
you know, the tuberculosis patients. Um, they made a whole building for uh, women who were had some mental illnesses and were aggressive and harmful. They had a whole building just for that. And so this they is a, a building. So this Did is they have it, a it, building for me. They had a, a jack building. building. It a was whole crazy. Just for me. Now the, the campus grew so big, and um, they you know they basically they by this point they had taken down uh, all of the wooden buildings because they were such a fire hazard that they they erected all these new buildings using um, like brick and stone from the grounds and cr crafted these beautiful beautiful architectural uh buildings that that you see when you go through there now and they're still standing today um and they're very very pretty one of those buildings of which is named the annie sullivan building and if you re recognize that name it is because annie sullivan was the teacher of helen keller um who you know most of us know Helen Keller as, you know, one of the first people to be both blind and deaf to learn um, how to speak. Another quick tangent. There was like a big Zoomer trend where Zoomers either didn't believe that Helen Keller was real. Like they were like, we think that she was made up. She was just a story. Or they thought that her, I, when I was younger, I had thought of this as well, was that her teacher was like, because she was deaf and in, in, in blind and in, in mute, basically, yes. Helen Keller was, and would translate through her teacher. So I wonder if, like, maybe Helen Keller was just spitting nonsense and the teacher was like... I'm well, gonna, there's a video of Helen Keller actually... There's a video of Helen Keller talking um, when oh, she was older on YouTube. All, then, I, then I take it all back. Mm -hmm. It's kind of crazy because you just... You, you, you really... That was one thing when I was a kid. I just, like... I would always close my eyes and block my ears and it's obviously obviously completely different because I have a frame of reference of what, you know, the mm. senses are. Um, but I could never wrap my head around this. Like, how Yo, did this did girl you communicate? have like reenactors like come in and like do like a little skit about Helen Keller and there was like, there was one woman who pretended to be Helen Keller. I and, um, don't remember was, having that. It was really weird. <laughs> everyone, everyone, in again, it was in elementary school, and everyone was like, "What?" This is what you guys were doing when I was learning when I was learning how to sing "Down by the Bay" at at my schools because we were having this conversation today, where like, you know, Ethan, who went to the same school district as you, Jack, was talking about. I'm like, yeah, I learned all these really crazy songs as a kid, and the. My school had a theme song. We would just sing it every day. You're weird, bro. And Ethan was like, dude, that's not a thing. I'm like, he's like, we were actually spending time learning like math and science. I'm like, yeah. I was just singing all the time. Dude, what's this private school, this man that you go to, bro? Right? That's so, sick. I mean, it's actually right next to the um, Tuxpray State Hospital. Whoa. Little segue. So, Helen Keller's teacher has a building dedicated to her? Yeah, so from her story is very interesting so from february 1876 to october 1880 tooksbury housed its most famous inmate ann sullivan uh best known as the teacher and companion of Hel helen keller so her mother dead and abandoned by her father sullivan was admitted into tooksbury at the age of 10 as you remember 
earlier, wow. a pretty large percentage was children. Um, I'm guessing, you know, like orphan children. Uh, she was admitted along with her younger brother, Jimmy. So Annie Sullivan was affected with trachoma, a bacterial infection which was beginning to blind her. Her brother was suffering from tuberculosis, which was to cause his death four months after being admitted. During her time there, Annie received two unsuccessful surgeries to repair her eyesight. So one of the things that's interesting about the Tuxbury State Hospital was that they were um, they had a lot of different surgical buildings and they were trying to you know learn different surgeries and expand their knowledge and, and, and experiment with certain things. I, I have to wonder if they were doing like lobotomies there um, and stuff like that because it was so long ago. Also because um, but life in Tewksbury is so a drag sometimes. Yes. <laughs> there it is. There it is. I there it is. It's natural. <laughs> All natural. So Sullivan actually later recalled her time at Tewksbury. Quote, very much of what I remember about Tewksbury is indecent, cruel, melancholy, gruesome, in the light of grown-up experience, but nothing corresponding with my present understanding of these ideas entered my child mind. Everything interested me. I was not shocked, pained, grieved, or troubled by what happened. Such things happened. Um, people behaved like that. That was all there was to it. All was, it was the life I knew. Things impressed themselves upon me because I had a receptive mind. Curiosity kept me alert and keen to know everything. So in uh, October, uh, yeah, go ahead, Jack. Oh, no, 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 finish, finish, finish. I was going to start a new topic on something okay. and finish what you're saying. In October 1880, Sullivan left Tuxbury, allowed by the intervention of a state official to transfer to the Perkins School for the Blind in Boston. She graduated as valedictorian and received successful operation to help restore partial vision to her eyes. Shortly after graduating, Annie received a job teaching Helen Keller. A building at Tuxbury, the Old Male Asylum Building, is now named for her. And you can see in the picture here, there's a statue of her in the center of Tuxbury. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's Helen. teaching Helen Keller. I, anyway. um, I didn't realize that her Helen Keller's teacher used to be blind. Yeah, she, well. she restored partial vision, but I think it did yeah. give her kind of a leg up on how yeah. to translate Well, I that. mean, yeah, obviously it's it's not, you know, the blind leading the blind, literally in this instance. But I guess it would help her to understand, you know, Helen Keller's life, I guess, and, and know what you need to, to, to help a blind person if you were blind. Mm. Yeah. No, it's definitely, and, and I think part of it is also she was born with sight, lost it uh, for years and then was able to s- regain it. So there's this sort maybe, of, wait, maybe, uh, maybe she did finesse all this. Cause what? Oh, she did. Oh, 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 she happens to go blind so that she can get <laughs> valedictorian at a blind school. And then <laughs> was she Maggie Lizer from arrested development? Yeah. God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fake oh blind attorney. God. One of the, one of the funniest arcs. <laughs> Oh my god! But she she knows she's she's actually blind. Well, the the best thing is the scene when Tobias is sleuthing through her house. Yeah, I know that part's so good, and she's like has to oh pretend like she's still blind, but she's not, and like, she's like 
<laughs> Tobias found her to be a particularly difficult blind woman to evade. <laughs> yeah, so she's like hitting him. She's like sla- slapping him and stuff. Yeah, she has like the bad, but she but she can't like actually act like she knows he's there because she has to pretend like she's blind. But she's also like trying to keep him from stealing uh, the evidence. That's so fucking funny. That's one of the funniest scenes in television. Oh my god. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Listen, Mike, I'm blind, not uh, stuffed up. I sniffed you out, baby. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, and then she actually gets blinded. <laughs> Yikes. So so let's move forward to today in, in the Tewksbury uh, State Hospital. Um, growing up, obviously, we've heard, we heard a lot of rumors of uh, babies being chopped up in the hospital and... Um, and like people, you know, ghosts and stuff, and and I have to, I have to wonder sometimes in the deep state. Yes, yeah, and, the you deep know, walking state. by, you you would walk the through chrome. <laughs> like you can walk through the 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 state hospital, and you know, we used to play basketball there when we were younger. Um, there's a court right in the middle, and it was just like a really cool place to to like walk around because there there's all these like little secret passages and there were all these crazy people we've gotten in trouble before for like trying to sneak into like abandoned buildings because they have a bunch there and like there's security um because it's still a running hospital but uh part of me wonders if the the rumor about you know chopping up babies i i was wondering this to myself today like i wonder if it was like early crude abortion attempts or something and it just got like mistranslated over time you know like because it was a it was a hospital yeah. i just wonder if well, that was yeah, the thing it could have been that i mean it could have been anything any sort of medical practice with babies at all or children in general you know yeah and as we know there were there were a lot of there were a lot of children bodies that were um you know this is where a lot of people yeah and i mean infant infant mor- yeah and infant mortality was just like a lot more common yeah uh, back then so yeah. like the odds you know are that I you're gonna find out? more dead babies then is you know yeah mm-hmm. what'd you, you find you out know Jack? How, tell me you, you, thanks brent thanks for your interest um <laughs> you know, i'm, I'm I, not really interested let's move on <laughs> uh, i um i'm gonna keep talking anyway <laughs> i found out about uh, life expectancy. You know how you would hear, oh, the life expectancy of this era was, you know, 40 mm-hmm. years. Yeah, I know what you're mm-hmm. talking about. Yeah. yeah. We People talked about just, this. Uh, yeah, we must have. People weren't just dying at 40. It's just that since the infinite mortality yeah. was so high, it brought the av- the life expectancy down a lot. Yeah, because the if you're averaging right, yeah, no, like 70-year-olds totally. versus like a bunch of like three-month-olds, it's going to bring the age de- around to like 40 because yeah, yeah. i think we talked about this yeah it brings it way way maybe down. we talked about this off pod brent but Common i remember you were saying episode yeah i don't know i, oh, I remember maybe, maybe i think this might have been in that episode i, don't I remember know. someone saying like it's not like you were walking around in like the 1800s and there were just no such thing as old people you know yeah like they existed yeah, right or, or like 40 year olds looked like 90 year olds yeah. or something like <laughs> yeah. that you know it wasn't like that it's just that you know it's just that, yeah. you know, and also, you know, infant mortality was higher, you know, there was a lot more deaths in, you know, young children. It's like, basically, if you made it into your adolescence, you're likely to live yeah. to a decent age, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you imagine if with over the course of, f- of, of 500 years, even shorter, over the course of 
of of 300 200 years mm-hmm. if we doubled the human life expectancy like you don't think people would be talking about yeah. that like that'd right? be absurd i mean we yeah. did but like the human lifespan not life expectancy yeah it's like that would be like the number one topic of conversation everywhere because it'd yeah, be like, be like an, we can do anything well also there'd be a lot a lot of old people around like oh my god i can't believe i'm still alive you know because it's it's like if we lived to 200 and the life expectancy doubled and we were like yeah people didn't live to 200 when we were kids you never saw a 200 year old the first people to live like 200 years old are gonna be like yeah this is crazy i mean i do think that life expectancy is gonna increase because of technology and, and medicine um but you know i don't think it will be a common thing um there's that one of the uh, love death robots episodes is about that the one with um with nathan drake's voice oh yes the snow oh, north. north it's yeah. called snow in the desert no it's not snow in the desert it's the um it's the one where they gotta kill all the babies because oh. there's too much population Oh, I thought that those were, um, I considered those ones. And then there was a third one mm. where they're all in the same universe. Well, yeah. I mean, it was the same, like very similar animation and also like they were kind of the same subject. Like snow yeah, in the yeah, desert was about bit. a guy who didn't and then die. There was, and then there's one where, um, some dude goes to the pawn shop that he got the toy at. Oh yeah, dude. I didn't even think about that. They, it must be all connected um yeah yeah anyway yeah anyway uh not to get sidetracked i do want to do a love death robots uh bonus yeah we have to do a season a season two one um but but yeah we we can talk about that then i shouldn't watch it again i shouldn't watch it again like i didn't watch the first one so that like i can just go and blow like last time you know me and jack talking and you just assuming things yeah i think as a make up shit like i did last time about yogurt first one (laughs) yeah yeah um, so, so, so that, speaking of mortality, um, to bring it back here, yeah, Helen um, Keller. Uh, so, uh, so there are three cemeteries on the grounds of Tewksbury Hospital, uh, with at least ten thousand graves in them. At least that's a lot. That the cemetery lot. directory dates back to ni- 1891 and contains nine thousand three hundred and forty-two names. Patients who died between 1854 and 1891 were not recorded so the total number of graves is not really known the grave markers three inch high metal circles with crosses in the middle are rusted and easy to miss uh let me show you um are rusted and easy to miss because the overgrowth of the weeds can often cover them oh yeah they're Um, very small here is another little grave marker and there if you walk through this woods it is all just Graves. Hidden graves. Every you gotta be careful where you step. Um I ride my bike through there sometimes and there's a path for horses, Mm -hmm. but like you have to be careful. Um and so there are actually groups that go out and they do some clearing of the growth. Um and they'll also, you know, put little like flags out there to to represent each. Yeah, I think you had um told us about that, about like uh some some organization who was like trying to find all the graves and, and get all the names and everything. Yeah, it's really cool if you go out there now. You can you can kind of walk around and, and see all them. And and another little fun tidbit 
just to add some spice was this forest was actually planted by um one of my ancestors i think is a great 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 uncle uh henry briggs so he mm. he actually planted all of the trees because it's it looks like a farmed forest and they're all pine trees um and he he, he was kind of like the johnny Appleseed of tooksbury which is interesting wow bob yeah, yeah, it's kind of cool. And so so those trees in the background, it's a whole Write thing. a little kid's book about him. Yeah, with all the d- thousands of dead bodies that giving the trees nutrients. <laughs> yeah, dude. It could be nice. It could be friendly. It could be amazing. Yeah, so... so it's a circle of life, baby. It's very wild um, that you can walk around out there and there's just body skeletons. Like, and we know it. There's just skeletons everywhere. And so it's kind of fun. It's kind of like haunted. Kind of creepy. Um, but I want to go through and show you guys a couple of photos of the asylum. Um, so like I said earlier, if you want to go on the brain bloggled, you can check these photos out because this place is real creepy looking. And this Listen, is the- guys, you're not going to want to miss this place. This place is real creepy. <laughs> yeah. There was all an old, we saw, we just looked at an old stairwell. There was a room with some film canisters in it. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, that's something I wanted to talk about. The film can't what's in the film. I want to know what's Probably, in that, the film. I bet you it's like mm. interviews or treatment or stuff with patients. I want to see it. Yeah, we got some. We got some scares. We got some stairs. Oh my! <laughs> nice, Brian. Nice. We know. do have some stairs. <laughs> so in this picture, uh, this is one of the uh, earlier homes. This was actually mm. this used to be the laundry house, um, oh. and it is still there. It looks like that. It is abandoned. All the glass is broken, so you can kind of just climb in through a window. Do not do it. I don't recommend it. I have tried, and I've gotten in trouble. Um, so stay away. Mm-hmm. It's also Unless really creepy. Really cool. Um, and then we can't stop you from doing anything. My aunt used to used to <laughs> listen. If you're just a sick dude, you <laughs> know the world we can't, can't stop you. Stop you. <laughs> oh my god! My so my aunt. Um, you know, I was talking to her today, trying to get some some knowledge about this because she, trying to get she some answers kid, god she, damn it she, when she was a kid her and her friends used to crawl around because there was less security and uh, i was like hey do you have any like cool stories and and she said that there is a underground tunnel system um and they used to like crawl through it and spook each other and i'll, I'll go forward because i actually have a picture of one of the entrances oh wow um, so there's there's this underground tunnel system it goes it's like all throughout the hospital and Wait, i think you need to crawl through it well, it, it gets bigger as you go in, um, oh. but I think there, like, there's some like rumors going around that they used to like use that to transport the bodies, um, the illegal bodies through the grounds. Um, and so these are like totally locked off and like impossible to get in. But like, I would, oh, how cool would it be to like, like adventure through that? Okay, totally um, impossible to get in. Bobby is a strong word. Well, I mean, you know, if you have an axe and uh, guts and also... Yeah. You simply... No, you can't be done. Now, listen, they didn't render that part of the uh, simulation. Oh, yeah. So you, yeah. you try to open you it. You go it's in just, and It's an invisible, yeah. invisible wall. You, you, you don't get through. Fall. Going on an infinity fall. Even you start shooting gun at it, they, they, the textures don't even change. It's ridiculous. I oh, have thought stupid. about like, more than often... You can't at least put a bullet hole in it? <laughs> I've thought about probably more than more than, more than, more than uh, the average person has, more often than I probably should... Um, what it would be like to die falling forever. Just watch um, Spy Kids 2. 
dude. It would. Well, I know. I think that's where my fascination uh, stemmed from. Because mm. I'm like, they would. You would starve to death. And then I thought about how cold it probably would be. Because if you're mm. falling, air is air is moving. Oh yeah, all the air rushing yeah. by. Yeah. You like you would get you maybe you'd get hypothermia first. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I, I I wonder. I wonder. Well, maybe, let's put uh, you on a skydive machine for like a month for see what happens until i yeah i'd get really i yeah i'm standing by this I, i'd get really cold so if you peed would it just like like trickle <laughs> up to your face and like get all over you well what is the terminal would you velocity oh, Bobby. Would you what is the terminal oh. velocity of a human body versus a raindrop it's <laughs> mm, a good question i guess you could flip over on your back and like pee up but then, yeah, maybe the raindrops will fall. I'm pretty sure you would go faster than the raindrop, but I don't really know. The raindrops yeah, fall, or, the, or rather, the pee drops. <laughs> yeah, I mean, can, would I be able to pee, and then it doesn't matter at the speed? I can, I can. Uh, okay, a raindrop has a terminal velocity of about seven meters per per second. Now, look up average human being terminal velocity. So 16 miles an hour, about 200 kilometer or 120 miles an hour. Oh, so you fall way faster than rain. So that so you'd pee and it would just go. Woo! Yeah, it would just go up. It would just go up. Yeah, so you would want to pee. You would want to pee facing up. You'd want to. Can we can we look up back. the velocity of puke? Like, <laughs> I would assume it would puked. be similar to to water. Oh to my rain. God. That's why I said rain because I assume mm. pee would break up into you know little raindrops. <laughs> It would filter yeah, itself you better out. Turn, you better turn back over, though, because otherwise you're just staring at your pee the well, entire yeah, time, true. just looming over your head. Dude, yeah. Bear Grylls would it's probably creepy, love no, it. I see that. Bear Grylls would just eventually like, you would fall aim for the mouth. See it anymore? You would know. I would like. I would mm -hmm. dive. I would angle myself, and I would. Mm -hmm. I would go. I would get off of the trajectory of the pee. Yeah. See, this just sounds. This is just reminding me of being in like the Ender World and like, you know, like gliding into nothingness are you talking about minecraft Bobby? yes the Man. end is what it's called first off i haven't played apps. minecraft in a long time jack okay Me i neither. forgot i will open up the launcher every once in a while and be like do i want to play minecraft and then you say no like, no dude i, I do that all the time i do not do i really feel like digging for an hour anyway so uh one funny story that my aunt has in the 70s her and her friends were like goofing around in the uh in the the grounds and they snuck into a basement and my aunt was you know chased by her friends through the place and she got lost and uh she she was like where am i and it turned out she was in the morgue with uh. the dead bodies um and she saw him she opened the morgue i don't think she saw the bodies but she was in the morgue was. and so that was an interesting thing she she has a lot of like crazy stories um, and she sent me a bunch of pictures that she took of the asylum. So I will, I'll put those in the brain boggle too. Now, I just want to give a quick honorable mention to the Danvers asylum, because I do think that it is worth talking about. Here's some more pictures. Um, they had iron lungs there. Oh, very fun. This is one of the waiting rooms tunnel so yeah so i want to give an honorable mention to the danvers asylum because um this asylum was opened in 1878 and it was called the danvers lunatic asylum uh, and it was isolated and almost totally self-sufficient one of a new kind of 
compassionate care facilities that viewed mentally unstable, unstable people as uh, treatable. So Danvers was regarded as a humane and modern place for a while. <gasps> dun, dun. In the late 1930s, the hospital was filled to capacity. Over 2,600 patients crowded the building that was only built to support 500. The staff was struggling to deal with the overflow of the violent patients. Some patients were left to wander the halls nude and covered in their own filth. Enter Walter Freeman. By 1942, Freeman had perfected the lobotomy and performed over 200 operations. His technique was surprisingly simple and shockingly brutal. By thrusting a long rod into the corner of the patient's eye and through the brain, wiggling the rod around a bit, then withdrawing it, the brain's connections to the prefrontal lobe would be severed and the patient would be rendered passive, calm, and zombie-like. Danvers welcomed the solution to their problems. Over the course of 1940s and 50s, Danvers patients were subjected to shock therapy, psychosurgery, and, massive, and a massive wave of lobotomies that sent the stage for the procedure to be spread to other hospitals in the nation. The hospital closed in 1992. Since then, most of the original buildings have been demolished, although several remain. In 2007, mysterious fires began to break out in the apartment complexes that had been built on the Danvers site. People claim to have seen apparitions, 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 whatever, of former patients on the grounds of the old hospital. So that's kind of like what I wish I could say about the Tuxbury one, um, because that was that would be a lot more interesting. <laughs> but the true history is, you know, sometimes I think slower but also you know what they say the truth is stranger than fiction yes exactly um and fun fact my drummer of my band lived in the danvers asylum because it's an apartment building now and he lived there um and arkham asylum from the batman mythos was actually based on this asylum so i always say like hey you lived in arkham asylum um yeah so i just thought that was kind of uh, what honorable a fun, mention. What a great fun fact, Bob. Um, I can't Thank stress you. enough. Thank you. How Jack, cool I, these fun facts are. Honestly, like, I'm really happy to say that because I was really <laughs> self-conscious about them. It's um, okay, Bob. And don't now I don't have to worry about it. Now I don't have to worry about facts. it. All facts are valid here. Someone call Ben. Get him on the get him on the horn. Get some facts. Yeah, some fun facts of Ben. Fun facts. Did you know an emu is a large bird similar to the ostrich? Thanks, Ben. that is a fun fact anyway that's all Uh, i got for you it's true and it's fun (laughs) nice 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 bob nice Nice, bob wow um i learned so much about uh mental asylums um yeah it was a little longer than i thought but we went on a lot of side tangents and um i don't know it's yeah but interesting it's kind of yeah and it's it's weird to think that like we're really not that far removed from this part of our history where we just kind of like, let's just send all of our pores over to this like weird building. And then we're like, oh, well, you know, let's also deem a bunch of immigrants and poor people crazy and just also send them there until it became this like weird 
like city within itself you know the small town yeah. within like the walls of this like weird facility and this is like sprung up mm. like in multiple places within our home state you know it's just very yeah and it's like kind of weird oops, to think what that, if it like, catches we're really on only fire. like 100 years removed i've always yeah, found right. sort of like the idea of these sort of you know mental facilities kind of weird and interesting uh one of my favorite books growing up uh well growing up but when when i was a young man was uh one flew over the cuckoo's nest and uh yeah i don't know it's just really interesting that sort of like the culture around it and how it's kind of sad to see that like although we don't necessarily do the same thing where we're just like throw everyone into one big building and then just like good luck but Mm. um we haven't maybe come as far as it, I think maybe people think we have. You know, sure, we're not like sticking rods up no, people's noses absolutely. anymore and eyes to like lobotomize them. But now it's just kind of like, eh, we're just going to kind of do nothing to help anyone who is neurodivergent, you know? So it's, I yeah. don't know. And I mean, I, I'm not going to like name any names, but it feels like we still have a long way to go. But yeah, there's there's a lot of, um you know, people that, that have experienced being in these um sort of hospitals and a lot of times that what I've, from what I've heard, it's, it's not a pleasant experience. And, and yes, I, I don't want to say that the staff is doing anything wrong because, you know, I know there's probably a lot of really great people trying to help. Um, but like we were talking about with the system, sometimes you get like sucked in and, and people have called this hospital like a prison. Um, and, you know, there's not really any way to know because you don't really get to go in there unless you work there or you're admitted or your visitor but it's like yeah it's it's i it's it's a whole different world for for some of the people in this situation um and you know we're really like you said brent we're really not that far off from the way it was i mean this one we're talking about historically still is a a mental hospital so it's like you know what's going on in there that has been practiced for 100 years like we don't even know um i assume it's more modern but you know, there's no documentaries showing the, the inside of it and how what it's like to live there. So all we can use is our imaginations. Yeah, I would be very curious to see like what it's like now because sure, well, I'm sure there aren't just like doctors being like, I have found the miracle cure to insanity <laughs> and then like <laughs> rot up the eye. Like, look, I've done it. Look at how docile this man is now, you know? But at the same time, like there is a part of me that like, fears that it's probably like kind of like you described it's like a you know basically basically a prison for people we don't want to deal with you know sort of situation yeah and instead of like lobotomies what about sedatives yeah you know just kind of like this is where we just keep people who and also you know people who have like some sort of means to actually be there because also what we see now is a lot of the people who were in those hospitals before just got put out in the streets and they're like all right well the state isn't going to pay for you to be somewhere now so uh i guess you're just going to live on the street now mm-hmm. you know see you later you know that, that yeah, we you, that you see in our like, unhoused populations so there's a there's a there's a huge population of the unhoused that are just mentally unwell people who have nowhere to go now so it's like yeah it's like yeah. They, they they were you know just kind of imprisoning them before in a lot of ways and now it's just like oh and now you're just left to fend for yourself with no resources whatsoever and it's just after you've yeah. been basically imprisoned for your life you know it's i don't know there's it, it definitely makes you think about a lot of the ills and the way we sort of handle you know the mentally unwell in our country or the neurodivergent in our country and it's uh 
Mm. It's kind of a bummer, yeah. but you know, I think it's important yeah. to think about those things. So, yeah, I mean, not just that, but like also when you talk about drug abuse and stuff, and and what we do to people who are in, instead of rehabilitating people, we throw them in prison, and it's kind of the same thing here. It's like, oh, it's just a temporary solution. Get them there. Get them there. But you know, obviously, there are places working to to fix this. Um, but something in the future is hopefully we can learn to actually rehabilitate people because it's beneficial for everybody if we get uh you know people to be able to live live on their own and and have their own comfortable life the way they want to live it and also like you said earlier brent like there are a lot of people who are very talented and have very very unique minds that can be used that it's like we as society we just kind of toss them aside and it's like I mean, I hate to use this example, but it's like Elon Musk is is a good example of like, oh, someone who is as annoying as he can be, he does have a lot of solutions to a lot of problems. And as we learned, he he is on the the spectrum. So it's like how many people like that just don't have opportunities. Um, And so I don't know. It is something that's interesting to think about. Yeah, and it, there's something to be said that with Elon Musk too is that he came from a more affluent background, mm. so he was probably afforded some more opportunities that someone else who maybe doesn't come from, you know, mm. a, a little bit more of a privileged background would have in yeah. his situation being, you know, neurodivergent. So, yeah, you know, absolutely. How many more Elon Musk type figures could be out there who don't get the same opportunity because they don't have, you know, the support system to allow them to succeed? You know. So, yeah, and and I think that's I what know. that uh, protest that we were talking about earlier is about. It, it was it was about like people getting yeah. put away when they could have opportunities um, in the world to, and it's just like we 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 profile right. and, people. And the, and, it comes back to the whole, re- yeah, and it comes back to the whole you know, re- rehabilitation aspect of it. Like, are these people yeah. being rehabilitated, or are they just being sent away to just, you know, not be a problem, quote unquote. Mm. for everyone else so yeah true yeah deep thoughts carfax Carfax. show me the carfax hey um (laughs) you can't find carfax anywhere in our show notes but uh but you know what you can find there is links um links true everywhere Um, it's true links to our merch or patreon our instagram our Instagram is our Twitter uh, at Brain Boggled. Our Twitter is at Brain Boggled Pod. Mm. Uh, if you don't have either of those mm. and you still want to reach out to us, you can shoot us an email at Brain Podcast at gmail.com. That's Brain Podcast at gmail.com. Yes. And again, all the images that we reference and links to everything will be on our website, Brain Podcast.com. Yep. And uh, give us a five star review yep. on Apple Podcasts. And oh, yeah, do uh, that. It helps. Give me, give me, I want it. Brent needs five stars, it. Give me that five star, I want it. Because <laughs> uh, we, this is a labor of love, as we've said before, Ugh. we don't get paid, and so that is a way you can pay us, mm-hmm. and uh, also thank you to our Patreon supporters, because you guys really help us, you know, uh, be able to afford things like the Libsyn and stuff. It, it, yeah, it relieves us of, of some of the burden of paying to put out free entertainment yes. to the world. So, yes. you know, we, we really, really appreciate, appreciate having it. that support. So Absolutely. We yes. love you guys. For sure. So. For sure. All right. Peeps, um, we'll okay. see you in the next one.